It's intern John. Celebrate the coziest season with Safeway. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all of your seasonal favorites. Make the most of those fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Visit your neighborhood Safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery. They're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Sincerely, Safeway. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind. Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Uh, last week I pulled, and by the way, we, we had, because we received some special requests for last Wednesday's version of the message, we're going to have a few of those available for you uh, for last Wednesday's version of Made of Honor. So you can get that tonight. Just a few. <laughs> Amen. Bible says, if you ask, you shall receive. And so, some, so some folks asked, so they received. Amen. Uh, so there's, I think, just a very few of them. So if you want last Wednesday's version, you want to get that. Romans chapter 12, and, and, and I was only going to look at verses 9 and 10, but I looked at them again, and, and, and something shouted me at my office about 30 minutes ago. So I figured I ought to shout you too. Uh, get to verse there, number 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Now, hypocrisy is not what you think it is. The definition of hypocrisy means to, watch this, uh, it means to pretend to believe something that you don't believe. Hypocrisy literally comes from the root word, which means to be an actor. He says, let your love be without acting. Hypocrisy is not saying one thing and doing another or not practicing what you preach. That's just not practicing what you preach. By definition, hypocrisy means you're an actor. Look at your neighbor and say, quit acting. <laughs> let your love be without acting like you love, but you don't abhor or hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Now, evil in its Hebrew form, it means things that are contrary to. In other words, Scripture says, hate what's contrary to people actually making progress in life. 
Then he says, cling to what is good. Touch your neighbor. That means hold on to it. Verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love. In, what's this? Honor. Look at your neighbor and say, you, you owe me honor. <laughs> and honor giving, watch this, preference for one another. But look at how he tells us how to do it. Verse 11, not lagging in diligence. In other words, he said, look, don't half do it because it's not for you. Because if it was for you, you would do it all the way. Don't half do it because it ain't for you. Look at your neighbor and say, do it with everything you got. Don't, don't, don't half do it just because you know the boss ain't going to check for it. That's why you ain't got promoted. You ain't got promoted because God says you're sloppy and you're lazy. And I'm not, you, he don't see you, but I do. It's quiet in here. I see some spirits I'm going to have to bust up. That's cool. I'm the busser. <laughs> buzz it up, buzz it up. Not lagging in diligence. Look at this. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient. In other words, persevere. In what? Tribulation. He said when it's windy, that's when you fight the hardest. <laughs> Continuing steadfastly or consistently in prayer. Distributing the needs of, of the saints uh, given to hospitality. Now, now, given there means pursue being hospitable to one another. Which means, he said, in other words, he said, it's sometimes folk going to make you want to not be hospitable with them. But the Bible says, pursue hospi hospitality with them. But look at this verse. This is the one that shouted me. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not cuss out. Um, excuse me, curse. But now here's the part that shouts me, and then we'll get into the message. The word persecute, what's this? It comes from the Greek word, which, which, which is the same word we get our word deacon or servant from, diakonos. You missed it. It said, watch this, bless those who, watch this, serve you. Now, you understand? Which means when people come against you, I got an announcement for you. Only four of y'all understand it. Biblically, the Bible says anybody coming against you, what you need to get a revelation. Touch your neighbor and say, you need a revelation. The revelation is anybody that comes against you is really there to serve you. Now, Bishop, what are they serving me? I feel it right here. And I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. What are they there for? To serve y'all. Touch your neighbor and say, your enemies are there to serve you. Bishop, what is an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress, which means if you got some stuff coming against you, God says, I sent that as a deacon. I sent it as a servant. And they're getting ready to serve you into your next level. Serve you into your promotion. Serve. Bless those who serve you. <laughs> Which means, which means you must be crazy coming against me. You finna serve me up something good. <laughs> that shouted me, whatever. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Tonight, help us to honor one another in the way you have ordained. You have made us all fearfully and wonderfully. But Father, help us to recognize and to honor one another as you have ordained in Jesus name 
In Jesus' name. Do me a favor as you take your seats. Just look at your neighbor and say, let's honor each other. Uh, we did a series, you can be seated, we did a series uh, last year called Honorology. Ology, the suffix meaning the study of, so honorology would be then the study of honor. Say the study of honor. Study. Now, please understand this. I, I want to give you tonight some tips. Say tips. Uh, these are suggestions, if you will, uh, that will help you to bring out the best in the people around you. But, but please understand, if, if, if everybody around you is junk, that's an indication of you. So then now what you have to then do is learn to bring the best out of people. Look at your neighbor and say, bring the best out of me. Now watch this. Not because it's your responsibility to do for another what they will not do for themselves. However, please understand, uh, we have to understand that if God has made us all, as we learned last week and as we learned in this series when I originally taught it, uh, he has made us all and crowned us with honor. And please understand, it's important that we recognize how to do that. So I want to give you some things tonight, seven things tonight, and I want us to move in this. Now please understand, say redundancy is the teacher's best friend. Now, now, please understand, the, the moment you think you've got a lesson is the time you need to have a lesson repeated. I'm going to say it again. The moment you think you got it is when you really need it repeated. Please understand, I'm going to challenge you to live your life like a student. People who live like they know it all, check their fruit. And, and can I tell you the most difficult kind of person to teach is the person who thinks they know it all. So you know what I did? I just resigned trying to teach them. If you know it all, great then. I hope your life reflects what you espouse to know. But I ain't got nothing else to say. Because if you know, there's an old Chinese proverb that says you cannot fill a cup that, that perceives it's already full. All right? So say I'm a student. All right, so, so it's important to me, and the Lord wanted us to revisit this and come back over this so that we can bring the best out of one another. Now, uh, the first thing, we learned this on last week also, you were made and crowned with honor. Check this out. But so was your neighbor. Say, I'm made and crowned with honor. Okay, but look at the person next to you. So were they. All right, got it. Now watch this. We learned this uh, last week. It was that uh, Hebrew word hadar, which means majesty and dignity given by man to God. And we looked at the different definitions of it. It meant beauty, comeliness, excellency, glorious, glory, goodly, honor, majesty. The Lord said, I made you and then I crowned you. I made you and then I crowned you with honor. And I made you and I crowned you with all of these different definitions I just gave you. Now, now please understand, uh, uh, from the pulpit uh, through the years, I've shared some of the pains I've encountered uh, as a pastor, and any pastor or man of God uh, will endure, not for the sake of obtaining sympathy from people, but for two reasons. Number one, uh, to remove the power of pain, because watch this, if you never discuss pain, pain perpetuates. And 1,700 pastors now, it was 1,500, quit the ministry every month, and often it's because they've been hurt so badly by the people they've done the most to help. It's quiet in here. Uh, but then the second reason there is to also give you a glimpse on the backsides of building a church. Please understand, this worship experience is real pretty. Isn't it pretty? There's wonderful lights and wonderful sound and all this. Understand. But people, amen, are the people of, amen, made with honor. Now, please understand, so, so, so please understand, uh, when I share things like that, please understand, it, it is for the purposes of, of us all understanding that at the end of the day, you need to know this, uh, the most difficult part of life you're going to have is dealing with people. But the most important part of life you're going to have is dealing with people. And so if we can learn how to deal with people in the ways that the scripture uh, directs us to do, then we can move in what God has ordained. So say everything in life, everything in life. is people. 
So watch this. Therefore, dealing with people can get messy. Please understand, Proverbs 14, 4 says, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. So watch this. Often, the messy process of interacting with people can cause us to be dishonorable to people. I'm going real slow tonight. I want to make sure we get this here. I'll speed up in a minute. I'm going to say it again. Often, the me- anybody ever had a messy situation dealing with somebody? Mm-hmm. Watch this. Uh, it, can, it can sometimes cause you to be uh, to, to think that you're justified in dishonoring people. But please understand, touch your neighbor and say, that's not God's will. People may do you wrong, but that's not the reason for you to be dishonorable. Let me give you an example. In court, whether you like the judge or not is irrelevant. You will stand to honor him. It's quiet in here. Watch this. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but you ever played a scenario in your mind about how you're going to get somebody? When I see them, I'm going to say this and say this, and I'm going to do this. And I'm gonna do this. <laughs> please understand. Please understand. Uh, uh, please understand. There's this line in this movie um, called Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. And he says uh, to the guy, he says, let's make a deal. He says, you stop lying on me, and I'll stop telling the truth about you. <laughs> now, now, it doesn't even say that's messy. Interacting with people can sometimes get messy, and messy can sometimes make you want to be dishonorable. But touch your neighbor and say, we can't go there. Please understand, don't judge the intentions of the majority because of the actions of the minority. Hear me, all the victims in the room. You are not a victim. Everybody is not against you. You are not the only one that's been hurt. You're not the only one that's been betrayed. You're not the only one that's been done wrong. So you cannot use that as a reason to justify your dishonorable behavior. It's quiet in here. So watch this. Here's a reality for you. No mess, no strong relationships. No mess, no strong relationships. Uh, let me give you some visuals to put in your mind. Uh, please understand, if, if you've ever seen a pig pen, anybody ever seen a pig pen? It's dirty, it's stinky, it's a bunch of pig excretion. You know what excretion is? All right, very good. Praise the Lord. Amen. You don't need me to say it. I can say it for you real clear so you understand. All right, now please understand. For those of you getting ready to have chitlins next week, there was excretion in them chitlins. That's why you can't eat everybody's chitlins. You better make sure they clean them chitlins out. And just because you bought them and they said pre-clean, that doesn't mean you don't have to re-clean. Pre-cleans means I got to still clean, but I only have to do one additional, maybe two additional cleans. Doesn't ever say clean them chitlins. You better clean. <laughs> now, all right, but watch this. With no pig pen, there is no roasted whole pork. Uh, watch this. It's messy, but, but that mess will then, it, it can end up producing something else. Please understand, uh, a, a dirty fish processing house. Have you ever seen the places that are fish are processed? It probably just got to make you say, mm, I'll just have the salad. All right, but, but, but without that, there is no elegant fish dinner. Now, you may have a messy or muddy kid, but please understand, but, but, but that can produce a nicely dressed or a very studious child. Please understand, a woman in labor, ladies, holla at me. All right, you have to go through that labor, but please understand, that labor, which was messy and painful, it produced a beautiful baby. Now, your kitchen might get dirty because you were cooking that particular meal for that particular day. Not because last Sunday's stuff is still in the sink. You're talking about, I'm so tired. You are not that tired. I got an announcement. You're just lazy. Ain't that tired? But watch this. The kitchen, please understand, uh, it's been said uh, that the dirtier the kitchen, the better taste in the meal. Now, I don't know if that's true. Now, I don't know, again, the dirty for that particular meal. Not like pre-dirty. 
Now, now here's, here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. Uh, you were made and crowned with honor, but so was everybody else. And sometimes interacting with people can get messy, but messy does not justify dishonor. Say messiness does not justify dishonor. All right. Now, check this out. Number two. Right? And you're interacting with people so that you can honor one another. We have to articulate what we anticipate. I'm just talking. It'll be a bit pedagogical uh, for just a few moments, and then I'll preach. All right? Articulate what you anticipate. Please understand, we must be clear about what we anticipate from people, and we never should assume that they should know. Well, they should know. How? You have know how to say it. So how is somebody else supposed to figure it out through the spirit? I'm not fasting and praying to understand you. You better learn how to speak the king's English. Now, articulation is really just communication. So communication comes best when it's spoken and not yelled, argued, or screamed. Touch your neighbor and say, talk to me. Okay. So, so let me be real clear. Attitudes, mood swings, suggestions, vibes. While they are communication, they are not effective communication. Okay? So if you throw an attitude to get somebody's attention, can I take this is wisdom in their life, so I can talk to you real, can I? You're a witch. That's what the Bible says. You're a manipulator. So manipulation is the sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. So if you if you get an attitude so that everybody in the room has to pay, you're either a witch or a warlock, according to the Bible. So put the broom away, Halloween's over. Put the lucky charms away. Put the, put the, uh, 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 the what do you call it? The cauldron. I was going to say kiln, but that's the wrong thing for pottery. <laughs> put, put the cauldron away. Touch your neighbor and say, stop that. If you, if you played a quiet game with people, but I'm just waiting on somebody to say something to me. You're a witch. So you should quit your witchery. This is what the Bible calls you. Or oh, warlock. Okay? All right? If you play the game of, well, I want to say something, but I'm not going to say something. Okay, then shut up! Why you say that then? All right, watch this. Okay? That, that's, that's, that's witchcraft. It's manipulation. And what that really shows is that there's some maturity that needs to happen because, watch this, communication talks. Doesn't your neighbor say talk? talk? Come and talk to me. I really want to know. <laughs> some of you, okay. All right. Now, now, watch this. Let me give you this. Jesus taught a powerful principle. He said, love your neighbor how? All right, watch this. Which means we can only give to others what we first give to ourselves. So that means if people lie to you, it's because they lie to themselves. Don't take it personal. They do it to themselves. People only do what people do to you is what they do to themselves. So when people sit down and can't articulate things clearly, it's because they can't do it to themselves. They confuse themselves. They'll sit up and confuse themselves, which is why when they sit down and talk to you, they confuse you. You're like, what? Well, you know what I mean? No, I actually I have no clue. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, check this out. People don't, often don't articulate what they anticipate for others because they don't do it for themselves. What do you anticipate from yourself this month, this week? What about today? All right. Here's the deal. If you don't first clearly communicate with you, you're not going to clear, 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 see? 
You ain't going to clearly communicate with other people, see? All right? And here's the deal. You may think your communication is clear, but only in the parallel universe you have created. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, I know this is, I know y'all want to shout. Bishop, tell me the Lord's going to give me a breakthrough. As soon as you learn how to communicate, <laughs> your breakthrough's coming. I feel it. Hey, glory to God. I feel it. Oh, shout out about you. There it is right there on the other side of honoring other people. There it is. I see it. I can see it. Can't you see it? I see it. All right. Now, check this out. Until you can articulate your anticipations of yourself, you'll have uh, trouble articulating them from other people. Okay? So then watch this. Shalom is an inside job. Joy is an inside job. Success then starts as an inside job. Okay? Because watch this. If, watch this. Anybody, anybody want to succeed financially? And, and anybody, anybody wouldn't mind being a millionaire in life? Praise God. Amen. What you're supposed to say, Horace, that's okay. I keep teaching you. That's okay. You're supposed to say, I receive that. Okay, all right, good. When the word is spoken, John 6, 63 says, the words I speak are life. <laughs> now, if you receive that, you can, you'll call that in. But now check this out. Check this out. Please understand, um, at the end of the day, say it's an inside job. Before uh, finances manifest in the natural, you can live the life, got it, on the inside as a person that's already achieved that level of success. Watch it. So then when it manifests, you've already been doing it. There is a principle in the scripture called do it before you have it. And Bishop, what do you mean by that? It is this principle. The scripture says, and the Lord called things that were not as though they were. So check it out. He calls Abraham the father of many nations when he has no children. Remember, he changed his name. He says, you're now the father of many nations. He has no children. Uh, he, he's not even the father of a son, and you're calling him the father of many nations. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? So God says, I'm going to call something that is not as though it was, which means, therefore, in life, if you believe then that you want to achieve a level of success, it means it starts inside. Which means you might not even have a job now, but you're walking around, I know that the God that I serve. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. You might be believing God for a specific call, and you might be catching the bus now, but I know that, I know that, I know that if... Does this make sense? All right. So, so, so the point and the principle I want you to see there is real simple. You have to articulate what you anticipate, but it starts with you. It's an inside job. You want people to be honest with you? Be honest with you. You see? You want people to treat you right? Treat you right. Now, I'm, I'm moving kind of slow because I, I need to save my energy for, for Friday. Which, by the way, we're so in overflow now. We're going to have to just put chairs way over there. Praise Jesus. All right, so, 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 so check this out. To, to, if you want people to honor you, honor you. Why should anyone give to you what you don't give to yourself? Does this make sense, everybody? All right. So articulate what you anticipate. All right. Number three, categorize correctly. Now I'm, I got to go in the second gear. You ready? Sometimes we don't place people in the proper category and subsequently we expect them to perform at a level they can't. You don't expect a rookie to perform like a pro, right? Because he's in a different category. Watch this. Just because a rookie has one good game, that doesn't make them a pro. 
Let me help you understand the issues you've been having with some folk in your life. You see them play a few good games and then you sign them to a long-term deal. A few good games don't make you a pro. It makes you playing a few good games well. Time playing good games well makes you a pro. A few good games doesn't make you a pro. Because watch this. Because watch this. We often trust what we haven't tested. I often trust what we haven't tested with people. You, you, you want to you see the real deal with people. Let it get tested. And then that's the real deal. Got it? All of this. Let some tests come. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all don't like this? Okay, I got one. Okay, watch this. And if you didn't, by the way, I, it wouldn't really matter to me, but I just was asking. Um, <laughs> now, watch this. Say categorize correctly. There are people in your life, I want to submit to you, that you have miscategorized. So you have now improperly expected. Your expectations have been inappropriate because not of them, but because you miscategorized them. If you're dealing with someone that you watched lie to somebody else, who are you? If you're dealing with somebody, please understand, that's not loyal to themselves. Okay, let me, if you deal with somebody that's disorderly to everybody else, what in the heaven makes you think they're going to be orderly with you? So you cannot categorize incorrectly because when you categorize incorrectly, now you have an inappropriate expectation from that person. Are y'all here? All right, so, so, so Bishop, how do I know? Time and trouble reveal which category somebody should be in. Time and trouble reveal which category some, uh, somebody should be in. It's amazing. Um, often, oftentimes, we, um, anybody ever did something and it was working and then you stopped doing it to go try something else? <laughs> Isn't it amazing how our human minds work? It's like, this was working. You were losing. I'll just use weight loss because it's easy for us to see that. You, I mean, you were losing your five pounds a week or your 10 pounds a week. And then you're like, and, and then you're like well, I'm going to stop this and go do something else. For what? That worked. Okay, this is what are you trying to say? This is what are you trying to say? All right. Uh, in, in, in dealing with people, please understand, one of the most important and powerful things that w- we can avail ourselves to is the power of observation. Time and trouble reveal which category somebody should be in. Now, Luke 9, 50, Jesus said to him, this is what he says, do not forbid him for he who is not against us is on our side. So there are two basic categories of people, those for you, those against you. Two basic categories of people. Here's the problem with most Christians is they put people in the wrong batches. They'll put, they'll put a leader who is for them in the against them because the leader's against their foolishness. But they, but they miscategorize and say, well, they're against me. No, they're against your foolishness. It's quiet in this church here. Yeah. But Jesus said, do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is what? On our side. Now, check this out. 1 John 2, 19. Uh, listen, this is powerful. Now, this is probably where the preach starts. Y'all ready? Let's go second gear. 1 John 2, 19. They went out from us, but they weren't of us. For if they had been of us, they'd still be with us. But they went out, That watch this, that they might be made manifest. What is manifest? Observation. Which means he says, I couldn't see who they really were until I had to push them out a little farther away to see what they really were. And now that they ain't got the proximity they had, now I can see what I'm really dealing with. 
Ah, here it is. I feel the preach coming. Sometimes we should ponder why do we chase folk that walk away from us? <laughs> look, look what First John 2, 19 says. They went out from us, but they were not of us. In other words, he's trying to tell them. He's saying, listen, you called them friend, but they weren't. You gave a title and a category that had not yet been earned. You called them your play cousin, and that's exactly what they were, a play cousin. They went out from us, but they were not. In other words, what is he trying to say? He's trying to say, you need to understand, it was never what you thought it was. He says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that we could see the appropriate category for us to place them of, that none of them were of us. Which means if you can walk, that means you shouldn't stay. <laughs> That's my answer. All right, okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me. So, so here are these categories. Those for you. Say those for me. So these are folk that, 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 that are with you when you're at your best or your worst. And listen, this doesn't mean they agree with you. A lot of people, well, you know, it's because a lot of folk, especially, especially I'm going to help single folk, you get mad at folk who disagree with your poor relationship decision because even you know it's a poor relationship decision. You just want not to believe it's a poor relationship. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You hear? So you get mad at them. They just don't want me to be happy. Or maybe they know that's Ike. Could be either one. Throw the dice. This is what you're trying to say. This is what you're trying to say. It doesn't mean, because people get this thing, well, you know, you should agree with everything I want to do. No. In fact, that's what somebody that hates you does. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says those that the Lord loves, you know what he does? He chastises. He corrects. Which means, watch this, where there is no correction, there is already rejection. Correction isn't rejection, it's protection. It's affection. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this, please understand, the reason why God, please understand, some of you are like, well, so-and-so did all of this and they got away with it and I did that and it seemed like, oh, hell, bro, I don't understand why the Lord would do that. Well, please understand, the Lord was giving you evidence of just how important you were to him when he said, you ain't going to act like that. Now, your sister did, your mama did, your cousin did, your daddy did, your granddaddy did, but you're not doing that because I love you and because I... <laughs> Now, now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Um, those that are for you, they're, they're with you when you're at your best, with you at your worst. They may have something to say to you you don't like, but they don't forsake you. And this is a category that should be earned, not given freely. See, because if you give this category to somebody and, and something happens, then you're like, see, that's why I don't trust nobody. No, you miscategorized. You miscategorized. You placed in the wrong category. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Then you have those that are against you. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to even be malevolent. Got it? Gray is, is white. You missed it. You have black, you have white. And then you've heard of gray area, the in-between. Now, here's the reality of it. And all this is just right out of Scripture because a lot of people are going to get all messed up with folk and all this. And then their relationship with God is impaired because of issues with people. Horizontal relationships that are not checked will always affect vertical relationships. That's why somebody can have a relationship problem and not come to church. 
a horizontal relationship messed up a vertical one? How did this mess up this? But it tells you that there was some disorder here. Because the water should have came down like this, not up like this. That's not how it should have flowed. So, so, so watch this. Check this out. Um, in all that, please understand, uh, uh, it doesn't even have to be malevolent. You, you have white, black, up, down, left, right. Now, check this out. Hot, cold. All right? So you have that area in between. Well, Jesus said, no, there is no in between. There is the black side and the white side, and that's not racial. <laughs> there, is, there is for us, against us. Now, if you're not for us, by default, you're against us. Those are Jesus' words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, now, now check this out. Uh, it, so, which means it doesn't have to be malevolent. You can say, well, no, that person is for me. Well, malevolent meaning uh, containing some kind of ill will or ill feeling or ill desire. It doesn't even have to be that way. Jesus said, they're either over here, they're over here. Now, you just need to pick and categorize properly. All right? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, a lot of Christians don't want to hear that because a lot of Christians like, like to, you know, say, oh, I just, just hug the world and I just, you know, hug everyone and, just, you know, and just, and yes, you should hug people and love on people and all that. But at the end of the day, you need to categorize properly. Because don't get mad when an enemy does what enemies do. You look crazy being at the zoo, jumping into the lion's uh, den and then saying, I can't believe he attacked me. That's what they do. All right. Now, now watch this. Now, now watch this. People who fail in life often fail because they miscategorize. They miscategorize. And you have to be careful when you miscategorize because check out the categorization. It can even be someone in your family, someone with your blood, someone in your house. And be careful not to miscategorize. Now, check this out. Jesus makes some powerful statements. Jesus says, no one who will not hate, and he uses the word hate. Hate just is the closest English translation they could find uh, for the word when Jesus said love less. He says no one who doesn't love his mother, father, brother, sister, uncle, cousin, et cetera, et cetera, less than me is worthy of me. Now, it translates to the word hate, but it's not hate. It just means love less there, now, uh, meaning literally to love them less than him, which means he should have preeminence over them. Now, now, check this out. Jesus even goes so far as to suggest that your stance for Jesus will create controversy amongst your blood. Your stance for church will create controversy amongst your blood. So Jesus says, because I know that up front, I'm telling you how to pre-respond. You love them less than you love me, which means there is no choice. That's my answer. It's quiet in here. So let me help you. If you're in a relationship and, well, you know, if you, if you really want love me, you know, you, you can miss a Wednesday to go with them. That's your answer. They are not the one. Leave them immediately. That's your answer. One Sunday, it ain't going to matter. Leave them immediately. That's the devil. Because what they are doing is saying, love me more than you love him. And Jesus already told you how to pre-respond to that. Are y'all still here? All right, check this out. Uh, when, Peter, when people miscategorize, it can sometimes, again, create situations where they feel di they justify it to be dishonorable. Are y'all with me? I'm kind of just talking out. Right. You ever felt like I have a right to not be honorable to this person? You ever felt like that? Come on, let's be honest. You're wrong. And we were wrong. Okay? Because check this out. Judas miscategorized who was for him and who was against him. Okay? 
Third gear. Here we go. When Judas goes to betray Jesus, he goes to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He goes to the leaders of the temple and he goes to betray Jesus. Now, check this out. I am certain that when Judas went to strike a deal, the scripture says, and Satan filled him. And literally, I've taught you on this before. That word filled literally means Judas ate a thought. So then Satan filled Judas, and when Satan filled Judas, the scripture says he goes and he makes this deal. He begins negotiating the betrayal of Jesus. Check this out. I'm certain that Judas thought they're going to give me a nice position. If I trade, if I, if I betray him, they're going to give me a nice position over here. They're going to give me a nice role over here. So Judas miscategorized and said, well, these people are for me because they're making a deal with me. And Jesus, he just keeps rebuking me for all the wrong that's in me. And I should be thanking Jesus that he's rebuking me for all the wrong that's in me. But no, you know what he did? He went to those that co-signed with his foolishness. If you got folk in your life that are co-signing with your foolishness, I'm going to tell you they are not for you. They are against you. And he miscategorized, and because he miscategorized, he paid for it with his life. He took his own life, which gives us a spiritual principle behind the practicality of the sacred writ. This is what's the principle. The principle is people who miscategorize self-destruct. It's quiet in here. Abraham miscategorized. He said, Lot, Lot has to be for me because that's my nephew. And if I don't take care of him, who's going to take care of him? See, that's what some of you, you, you got yourself in step. Well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Here, come up off the cross. You are not Jesus the Christ. People have to learn. Let me tell you something. People need to struggle sometimes. If you, watch this, if when a chick is born, if, if that shell is, receives interruption in terms of the breaking process, if somebody helps peel the levels away, the, we, we learn uh, throughout the study of the animal kingdom that if that chick doesn't struggle out of that egg, he's not going to be able to fly when it's time to fly. If that caterpillar, as it's being transformed and goes through the process of metamorphosis, if it does not struggle out of the cocoon, it will not be able to spread the wings that it has. So if all of you think, I got to do it because if I don't, who will? I'm here to tell you, you might be in God's way. Because sometimes they need the struggle. And I know it hurts you to see them struggle. And I know you, God, I could fix it. God, I could fix it. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to fix it. Just because you can doesn't mean that you always should. There's some stuff, parents, you're going to have to say, I could get involved and stop this, but I need them to learn. I need them to see. So now next time they'll say, Daddy, you were right. Mama, you were right. And I... All right. All right. <laughs> but Abraham miscategorized, and he miscategorized, and when he did that, it created all of this controversy in Genesis chapter 13 because Lot's name in Hebrew meant hidden motives. He miscategorized, had a lot of drama. Say drama. drama. Check out the drama. The drama gets so intense that Lot is taken hostage by King. Some of y'all, Shado Lomer. I specifically told you it is K, not Shay. <laughs> Kado Laomer. Come on, church. Okay, if you weren't here on the weekend, get the CD. All right. So, so watch this, watch this, watch this. He gets taken hostage by King Cato and, and, and check this out. And Abraham's the only one that can save him. I wonder how that conversation went when Abraham and Lot got in the same room after fighting. 
He was like, oh, okay. Oh, you ain't saying nothing now about all this stuff, huh? Because you needed me to save you and get you up out of this, huh? I, I could only imagine how that conversation went. Now, now check this out. Say, don't miscategorize. Now, watch this. Number four. Let's move on. When you're interacting with people. So what was point number one? You were made with honor, and so were they. Number two? Articulate with you anticipate. Number three? Categorize correctly. Got it? Don't put lions in the same category as doves. Two different animals. They do two different things. All right? Number three, categorize correctly. Good, just checking. Number four, don't take it personal. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, you, you know, um, I, um, <laughs> I don't offend easily. And it's mainly because, uh, you know, uh, let, let me say this. Let me, say, let me correct the way I said that. I'm, I attempt to make it a practice to not offend easily. Because what, when we talk about getting offended, anybody said, ever said that? I'm offended. Come on, you ever said that? Yeah. Revelation, that was your ego that got offended. Now, check this out. That's why in that same passage in Romans, the scripture says, uh, he says, let no one think more highly of himself than he ought to, but think soberly. In other words, he said, just be real with yourself. Now, in other words, so I try to make it a practice to not get all, you know, people, you know, you know. I remember one time, I think I told you this story before, there was a preacher in, uh, in Florida. And, uh, and he, he uh, give me some sweetener, just sweeten it up for me. And he's in Florida. And, um, and so he, he had contacted us and, and he had wanted to, you know, preach at the church. And so this was several, several years ago. And he wanted to preach at the church. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know you. And, you know, the Lord gave me a word for you. I said, well, who, how many other folks you calling and telling the Lord gave me a word for? Let me hear the word, because I'm sure for the judge it. Let me hear what you got to say. And he, you know, he said what he says. Okay, well, you ain't coming here, not no time soon. But I so appreciate you for sharing, sharing, sharing your heart. Thank God for you. Um, and, and so here's my whole point. He, he wanted to, he was, uh, you know, attempting to build an itinerant preaching ministry. And I understand that. And we believe in supporting men of God and all that. And so he did all that. And so, you know, he, he I mean, listen, listen, every, every couple of weeks, and y'all know Bishop Bright, he, he, he'd say, but can I talk to both of y'all at the same time? And so we both get on the phone and he'd be like, oh, I just, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to be at that next camp meeting. I said, well, you should definitely go on Priceline and look you up some flights to come on out here. Oh, you want, oh, no, son, that ain't how this works. Oh, no, oh, no. If you feel like you should be here, well, then, then you should go, go let Delta lead you. Let it lead you. Or Frontier or wherever you got, let it lead you. And so, um, anyway, uh, uh, he was going on, going on, going on, going on. And, uh, and he told this really, really elaborate story. And, uh, you know, about how he said he had had a church he had built in a particular state. And he said, it grew to 7,000 people. And I thought, wow. And he said, but the Lord told me to leave it. I said, really? I said, well, shoot, you sure is a man of faith. You spent your whole life building that and left. Wow. And he said, and they just didn't, you know. He said, well, you know, he was going through some financial trouble. I said, well, did you, did you go back to them 7,000 people you built to tell them, let me hold something? Let me <laughs> have a founder's day or something. I mean, the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 9, 14, those who preach the gospel will make delivery from it. So, so, you know, did you say something to them? No, they're going a different direction. I said, well, I don't understand that. How you found that they're going a different direction? 
I said, I do not understand that. So anyway, he goes on, he goes on. I'm getting to the point. I just wanted to give you some background. <laughs> I'm getting ready to close this story. Uh, he, 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 so, so then he, he's, he, uh, him and his wife, they, they, they keep having children. And he's going through some rough financial times. And I, and I said to him, I said, I said uh, uh, sir, um, you know, suggestion. Do you really think y'all should be, you know, uh, having relations like that if... If you no, I'm serious. I said to him, I said because because you know if you can't pay for them, you shouldn't be producing them. Because when you play, you pay. And so I just said, you know, should you should you should y'all be you know you know maybe y'all should look into some things you know to help y'all out you know with that you know. Now, because, you know, people, you know, will say, oh, we just, the Lord wanted us to have another. No, no, don't put that on the Lord. The Lord ain't got nothing to do with that. Don't put that on him. No, that's called irresponsibility. Don't put that on God. No, 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 that's, that, ain't, that ain't God. That's you. Uh, well, the Lord could have stopped it if he wanted to. That's not in the Bible. So you should stop saying he said stuff he didn't say. And so uh, he, he did all that. And so he, he, he's coming to wintertime. He said, well, Bishop, you know, my wife is, she's pregnant. And, uh, and you know, can she... Uh, can she, you know, we, we need a car. And, um, and now he's not a spiritual son or anything. He's not part of our fellowship. He's not, you know, he's, he's somebody that would like to have at that time. You, this was years ago. And you don't know what I'm talking about. I would, I, I would not make an attempt to shame any man. Of God. You don't know what I'm talking about. As far as you know, you could be sitting next to him. I didn't know. <laughs> no, I'm being facetious. But my point is, is, is that then I said, bitch, we need a car. I said, okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the God that provides. And, you know, okay, son, but we certainly got that to the Lord. Amen. He said, no, I, I want you to, uh, to get it for me. And, sir, you knew when y'all did what you were doing to conceive and make this, you knew y'all didn't have the finances for this. And we all make mistakes and do things like that, but I'm just trying to figure out how it's now my responsibility. I said, but I, I probably just ain't trying to get you in your car. I said, uh, you know, I said, I'll pray about it. I said, you're a man of God, so I don't like to see any men of God uh, struggling. If you really did all of what you say you did, I don't even care. I, you know, at the end of the day, if you're preaching the gospel of Jesus, I want to help you in any way that we can. Uh, you know, I believe in men of God, believe in support men of God. I said, but, you know, I just am not going to buy you no car. And you don't ask me like that either, but I, I just am not going to buy you no car. And so, you know, so some days go on and we sent him some resources to help him, you know, find some cars that he could get his hands on down there. And, uh, and he sends an email to me. Actually, I happened to be in that particular city preaching. And he sends an email to me. He says, I knew you were a religious phony. He said, the Bible says, I know. He said, he said the Bible says, if, if your brother needs a tunic and you have one, take it off. I said, well, you ain't asked me for no coat. Now, if you want a coat, I'll send you some coats. You asked me for a car. Now, obviously, I've been facetious. Here, here's the point. Here's the point. I mean, he went and he said, you just a, he said, you just a big preacher with a big mouth and a big congregation, a big bank account. And I said, I receive it. I said, I said, am I supposed to be offended by what you just said? I, I told you that whole story to get to this point. Don't take it personal. He was mad because I wouldn't buy him no car, but I don't know what he said to me. I was like, well, I'm just trying to figure out where the insult is. Oh, I guess maybe the phony part was supposed to make me, you know, whatever. Okay, that's fine. In your world, okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right, ain't got nothing to do with me. That's your reality, not mine. 
but I still ain't buying you no car. Now, now, touch and never said, don't take it personal. And, and here was the deal. I realized if, 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 if what he espoused to be the case was the case, he's probably hurting. And guess what hurting people do? Hurt people. That's why it seems like they want to hurt you. They either consciously or subconsciously want to inflict upon you what they're feeling. So you don't take it personal. Somebody gets all extra with you, don't take it personal. Wow, oh, it must be real rough in your world. I'm getting ready to go eat. <laughs> so when you finish all of that, <laughs> meet me in the car. <laughs> now, now, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to fight to honor people. Because if you can't respect people, you can't honor people. And people will try you. It's quiet in this church. Okay, anybody have been tried? How about this week? Anybody been tried this week? Anybody been tried again? Amen. So just stop taking it personal. Don't take it personal. I've really offended me. Your ego got offended. Okay, so that's what got offended. Your pride got offended. That's their reality, not yours. So if somebody walks up to you, if you're a hardworking mother, and they say, you know, you're not a good mother, well, that's, that's your reality. That ain't got nothing to do with me. If you're a father that, to honors his responsibility and take care of you, that, that's your, that's your, that ain't got nothing to do with me. But I don't really like what you wore. Well, buy me something else. Until you pay him, I don't want to hear your complaining. Well, I don't want to eat that. Well, until you got some what you want to eat money, this is what we eat. Round job. I'm not taking it personal. I said, don't take it personal. So we get all, and then ladies, you got, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And fellas, you know, you get to, you know, get kind of the, the hurting rock, you know. <laughs> Just don't take it personal. Hurting people hurt people. Grieving people want to cause grief for other people. Okay, so grief is the process, is our, is our emotional and mental response to our perception of loss. So if we perceive we've lost something, got it, you enter the grieving process. So if somebody's grieving, they want you to feel it, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Does this make sense? So you just have to learn to just, I'm just not taking that personal. There's an old saying, chew meat, spit bone. Now, if there's some valid points in what's being said, okay, chew that meat. Other than that, <laughs> that, that was bone right there. Doesn't even say, don't take it personal. Okay? So that's the church folk. Don't take stuff personal. That's not how we do it here. Don't take it personal. We keep it kingdom. Never personal. It's just kingdom. And the way we do it here is the way we do it here. And if you don't like that, I understand. Take it personal. When busy, I'm gonna leave. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Bye. Why are you still here? I'm gonna need both my chairs. <laughs> Give me them chairs. Okay, you just can't take it personal because what'll happen is, is you'll walk around hurting, mad all the time. And somebody else try to be nice to you, and you won't even be nice. You're like, well, last time I was nice to somebody, they hurt me. So I ain't giving nobody no compliments. A compliment is one of the most inexpensive investments you can make in somebody. That's why often on Wednesdays and Sundays I'll say, give somebody a compliment. It's inexpensive. Then they say, don't take it personal. 
So when you stop taking it personal, there's only uh, three more things I want to give you. Uh, you'll be able to get to tip number five. Number, number five, know what you're dealing with and deal with it accordingly. Know what you're dealing with and deal with it accordingly. All right? And again, these are just lessons and honor that we can all work on. Things that, again, my redundancy is the best uh, teacher's best friend because we can all work on these things daily. Somebody say daily. daily. Know what you're dealing with and deal with it accordingly. You choose your own betrayer, so choose who you give access to your life carefully. Jesus chose Judas. <laughs> you missed. Jesus chose him. So, so then watch this. Every relationship in your life is a door. And it's a door to something. You have to decide once you know what's on the other side of that door, do you want that to remain? Okay? So, so one of the things that can help you with that, say, say I must know what I'm dealing with. And I must deal with it accordingly. All right? Anybody been hurt by somebody? Let's be honest. We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. Check this out. Okay, suggestion. Be careful giving trust to people so quickly. It should be earned. Trust is not a gift. It's a reward. A gift means you didn't do anything to earn it. A reward means you did. Okay? Does this make sense, everybody? Okay? So trust isn't a gift. It's a reward. It's a reward. You've demonstrated that you can be trusted. Okay? Parents, um, you wouldn't give your two-year-old you know, a 50-pound box to take up the stairs. Now, why? Well, how do you know they can't carry it? It's bigger than them, but we carry stuff that's bigger than us all the time. Why? They might come. Never done it before? Okay. All right. I mean, but, you know, some, you know, our young people, you know, they ain't just strong in Jesus. They strong, too. They be... They on the bishop workout plan. I seen some of them. They backed it up. I mean, they going. Here's the deal. You know why you don't do it? Because you don't trust them to do it. Not because there's anything wrong with them. You just don't trust them to do that. Now, whatever the reason is, it's varied. Your reason could be they've never done it before. Your reason could be they can't handle it. Your reason could be, you know, a myriad of things. At the end of the day, you don't trust them to do it. And there's no deficit in them as a person. It just means you can't trust them to do that. Does that make sense, everybody? All right, so when we look at all of that, please understand, we have to look at trust as a reward, okay? So I know a lot of people, you know, sometimes you can get hurt because, you, you know, you'll show up and you've been, you know, friends with somebody for two weeks. And everything there is to know about you, they know. And then, you know, like by week six, you're like, so I don't call me anymore. I'm so hurt. Because watch this. There, watch this. There was no incentive or reward. I want to say this in a way. Yeah. Give me some sweetener. There was no incentive, or there it is, or reward because everything that there was to know about you, you gave as a gift, not a reward. So now you're like, I, I let them over my house. We had dinner. I cooked them dinner. Why folk in your house and you only known them two weeks? Can I preach for 30 seconds? 
the Jews, when they sat down to eat with people, it was a big deal. That is why when Jesus was betrayed, he said, the man who puts his hand in the cup at the same time. What is that telling me? That those that were around Jesus were very important to Jesus because when a Jew or a Hebrew shared a meal with a person, it was the highest form of respect. So they didn't say, so, no, you don't get to sit down and eat with me unless you're very important to me. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? So sometimes you, you've given all that there is to know about you to people and you got them in your house and you got them in your car and you got them in all your stuff. And then, you know, once they're like, nah, this isn't my speed. You know, I can't believe that. That was my friend. They were my friend. <laughs> After two weeks, no, they weren't. They were someone you loaded down with way too many gifts. That's why dating, please understand, the process of dating is so important. You sing folk, I encourage you to go back through dating done God's way. Because you're sitting here and, and you can get the process all convoluted. And, and at the end of the day, if you, that process, you will not break it. It will break you. You will not break it. Every time you violate it, look at what you got. And, and, and watch this. And, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. And stop letting folk who tell you, we've been married 43 years. Okay, duration doesn't mean success. Some people are married because they don't want to go through the trouble of not being unmarried. They used to have somebody there when they get home. Used to have somebody to cook for. That's why, watch this, watch this. That's why there are even people who where they'll sleep in different beds, but they've been married for 64 years. Well, that ain't success. That's just duration. But duration and endurance are two different virtues. All right. Number six. Just two more. And then, and then we're done. Are we learning tonight? All right, good. This is good. Y'all don't mind me just kind of talking it out tonight? Amen. Number six, forgive quickly and in advance. So just in case your neighbor does something to you, just look at him right now and say, I forgive you in advance. <laughs> get that other one. That other one, we may have missed them. That may be the one we need to get. Say, I forgive you in advance. Now, I've talked a lot on forgiveness before, but, but I, I want to move this so I can hasten to a close. Luke 23, 33. Luke 23, uh, forgive quickly and in advance. And this is a very, very powerful principle um, because at the end of the day, anybody, I just want to be real honest tonight, all right, feel like you've got some unforgiveness you still got to deal with. Thank you for your honesty. Now, watch this. Let me tell you how you know if you got unforgiveness. Now, anybody ever thought you had forgiven to only discover you hadn't? Like, I forgive them, and then you saw them, and then you realized, <laughs> I ain't forgave them. <laughs> Here's what happens. Can I let you know the secret? Here's what happens. Often, because we don't discuss it, we think that we've dealt with it. So because we don't talk about something, we think we're over something. It's because out of sight, out of mind. So it's left your conscious mind, but it still remains in your subconscious mind, which is your spirit. That is you. So what happens is, is that you can, I've forgiven them in the name of Jesus, sweet blood of Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Gabriel, and Michael, and all the rest of them. Hallelujah, brother. I've forgiven in Jesus' name. Bless his holy name. Then you see him in the mall. Come over here. Come over here. Who is with them? Oh, so they couldn't take me to the mall, but they took, oh, so... So 
So you on Mission Impossible. Now, check this out. We think often because we haven't discussed it that we've dealt with it until it's brought up again. And what the Lord loves to do is to say, oh, you dealt with that? Here. Let me tell you something. Why? Because unforgiveness is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Worse than that, unforgiveness keeps you from being forgiven. So he said, Bishop, why would the Lord bring that back in front of me? Because you want to be forgiven. But the scripture says, if you don't give it, you can't give it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So here's, here's, here, here's what happens, okay? All right, uh, with, with forgiveness. Luke 23, 33. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, Golgotha, the place of Adam's skull, don't miss Friday night. Don't miss Sunday. We're going to deal with this uh, on Sunday. L- literally, literally what happened is uh, this place called Golgotha was the place that the Jews throughout the Midrash of history. And Midrash is the Hebrew word they use throughout the oral Torah or oral uh, dictation from the rabbis over the years. This was the place of Adam's skull. It is the place where Adam's skull was buried. So when Jesus went on Calvary and shed his blood. His blood hit the ground where the bones of the first Adam were. So then Jesus went and retroactively took us back to the place that Adam got us kicked out of. So the reason we can have eaten the land of voluptuous living is because when he shed his blood on Golgotha, when he shed his blood on the place of Adam's skull, he said, I'm taking you back and you don't deserve it because of how good you've been. You deserve it because when I shed my blood, I said, you can have it all back. Touch your neighbor say, you can have it all back. So watch this. But that's not what I want to talk about in this verse. (laughs) When they had come to the place called Calvary, don't miss Sunday. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Look at this, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they're crazy. They do not know what they're doing. Crazy. Forgive them. Their mind is a little, shall we say, trouble. They're crazy, so forgive them. And then they divided his garments and cast lots. Let me parenthetically insert, if Jesus was wearing rags, they wouldn't have cast lots for him. By the way, look, put, put that verse back up. Here's what I want you to see. Who was he saying forgive them to? Everybody. Doesn't even say everybody. Here's the trip, though. They hadn't killed him yet. Okay, let me come over here. Now, they beat him. That hurt. They betrayed him. That hurt. But they hadn't killed him yet. Judas knew what he was doing when he betrayed. They knew what they were doing when they were beating him. But they hadn't yet killed him. You're not catching it. Which means Jesus said, before they even do it to me, I'm forgiving them in advance. Oh, my God. 
touch your neighbor and say, forgive in advance. Which means you got to start your day saying, when you're commanding it, here it is, and since the sun is down, you got to start your day saying, Father, somebody might do something. And I choose, because I'm a person of honor, to forgive them in advance. Which means before they do what they might even be considering to do, I forgive them in advance. Trust three people say, forgive in advance. Now watch this. Watch this. Forgive is the Greek word aphis. A. P-H-E-S. P-H in Greek, we pronounce it like an F. It means send away, leave alone, permit. Jesus, he said, Father, I send this hurt away. I choose to leave alone this issue to everybody. It hurt when Judas betrayed, but he knew what he was doing. It hurt when they beat me, Father, but they knew what they are doing. They're getting ready to pierce my side. And they don't know that when they do that, that it's not just going to be blood that flows out. It's going to be water that flows out. And if they knew that I was you, they would have treated me differently. If they knew that I was here to save them, they would have treated me differently. But they're crazy. They don't know what I'm here to do. So because they don't know it, I forgive them in advance. <laughs> he said, forgive them. For they know not what. They do. Send it away. I'm leaving it alone. Permitting it. That's, that's, that's big, right? Forgive quickly and when? In advance. Listen to me. This is somebody. You don't have any time to be bitter. You don't have any time to still be sitting in that mess. They didn't do what they did to him. But Bishop, he's God. Well, you trying to be Christ-like, Christian. So while we're, while we're moving that direction, please understand, Jesus said, I forgive him quickly. I don't even have to have a discussion. I forgive. They're crazy. You know why I think Jesus said that? Y'all see here? I think Jesus said that because he said, I can't get my mind around their lunacy. Lunacy meaning to be controlled by the moon. Come here, New Year's Eve. <laughs> I don't understand why they're controlled by average, but I just, it's easy for me to just say they're crazy. It makes it easier for me to just forgive and move on. You know why some of you haven't forgiven? Because you're trying to figure out why. Why'd they do it? They're crazy. But why would they, no, but Bishop, but why would they do that to me? They're crazy. No, but Bishop, you don't understand. They're crazy. But Bishop, it really hurt when they did to me. They're crazy. Had they known that you were the one that was really for them, they probably wouldn't have did that. They're crazy. They're crazy. 
touch your neighbor and say, the why doesn't matter. Just forgive. That was the wrong neighbor because I didn't hear nobody. Touch the other one. Say, the why doesn't matter. Just forgive. It doesn't matter why your daddy wasn't there. He wasn't there. Crazy. Move on. Doesn't matter why your mama did what she did. Crazy. Forgive her. Doesn't matter why your BFF turned out to not be your BFF because you miscategorized them too soon. They're crazy. Forgive them. That's what Jesus said. He said they're crazy. They don't know what they're doing. Clinically insane. You're crazy. Now watch this. Forgiveness doesn't always mean, I'm done, the restoration of the relationship. Nor does it mean fellowship. People say, Bishop, you ever heard somebody tell you, the Bible says forgive and forget. Nobody, see, because I've taught you that. Thank you for one person being honest. Bible doesn't say that. We should forgive and remember. The lesson, not the pain. He forgets all sin, the scripture says, and our wrongdoing, and he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. He expects you to remember, not the pain, but the lesson. Bishop, why do I need to remember the lesson? Because hit you once, that's on them. Hit you 43 times, that's on you. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all be like, Bishop, I forgave my mom and she did it to me again. Okay, well, now you know. But then after that, I forgave her again and she did it to me again. That's your fault. That's not them. People can only do what they are permitted to do. It's quiet in this church. Let me, let me move on. What's this? Forgiveness just means I exchange past pain for present and future peace. I exchange past pain for present and future peace. Forgiveness is a roadblock. Not only do you not get forgiven, but the truth is you don't really move on. You still here? Let me give you one story, then I'm going to give you the seventh point. Has this been helpful to anybody tonight? The man in the, he's called the Gadarene demoniac. He is the man that has the legion. Say legion. He has this legion now of demonic spirits, of these mindsets. A spirit in its most rudimentary form, it just deals with a mindset. Very different from the mind, it's a mindset. Got it? Your soul houses your mind, thought, will, and emotions. Your mindsets are in your spirit. You missed it. The way your mind is determined to be set, those are the things you do without even thinking about doing them because they have become second nature to you. So the scripture says, Mark 5, Jesus goes to the man, he says, and, and actually, Jesus doesn't go to the man. When the man sees Jesus, he runs up to him and he says, what do we have to do with you? Why are you tormenting us? Here it is, verse 7. And he cried out a loud voice, what have I had to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Here's the trip. That man had never met Jesus. Come on, Wednesday Night Live. I thought y'all come because you're thirsty. That man had never met Jesus. Jesus had never been on that particular island and met that particular man before. So how then does this man say, what do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Because what was in that man had been here before. 
That's why I feel it here. That's why some of the stuff you deal with, it knows exactly how to torment you, exactly what to say, because it's been here longer than you. It's been when your mama, your grandma, it's been here for generations. And so, so when the spirits recognize Jesus, they can call him by name. Because they are subject to him. And they knew when he showed up on the scene, he wasn't coming to negotiate. They knew when Jesus showed up on the scene. And tonight, Jesus is getting ready to show up on the scene in somebody's life. He's not coming to negotiate with the stuff wrong. He's coming to kick it up out of there. So look what they said. They said, we implore you that you do not torment. Watch it, me. What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Watch the chains, verse 8. For he said to the man, uh, for he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Next verse. Then he asked him, what is your name? Now, now notice, Jesus said, get up out of him. Then he said, now who are you, by the way? You're not hearing what I'm saying. In other words, the God you serve is so powerful. That because his name is above every other name, even if the doctor can't call it, even if you can't put your finger exactly on where the problem is, that name is so powerful. Jesus said, come out of Now, who are you? Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, watch this. Now, in, verse, uh, in the previous verses, he said, singular, right? Watch this. And he answered, he, singular. My name is what? Legion. You keep reading. For we. My name is Legion. For we are many. You see the fragmented personalities in the man. To where he can't even tell you whether it's a him or it's a they. Which tells us uh, something happened. Well, keep reading. I want you to see it for yourselves. Keep reading. Uh, next verse. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them. He begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, I'm going to show you where all this came from. Next verse. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. Next verse. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the pig. That we may enter them. Now, thank God that wasn't a pig I had today on my salad. No, my pig was anointed. Amen. Wasn't it good? Wasn't it good? <laughs> Verse 13. And at once Jesus gave them permission. You missed it. They said, Lord, please don't send us out of the country. We haven't tormented who we're supposed to torment yet. I've taught you on this before. Country means familiar places. Don't send us out of the bloodline yet. We ain't messed them all up. But he didn't calculate you coming here and hearing this word to discover you are the curse breaker, to discover you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. They said, we've not finished messing them up yet. Don't let us leave. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. Watch. There were 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. That tells you what they were getting ready to do to this man. They were getting ready to take this man down to the sea to drown himself. 
And every time he tried to fight, 1999 was sitting in the cut. While he was dealing with one demon, 1900 of them were sitting in the back getting strengthened, ready to come fight him. Which is why some of you, when it feels like I got this, and then all of a sudden this come, then all of a sudden this come. But tonight, if I could get some faith in this room, somebody shout, but tonight. Do you know why it seems like when it rains, it pours sometimes? Because since Satan is an omnipresent, I said this on Sunday in one of the experiences. If he does show up in your life, he has to use everything he has at one time. Because he can't be everywhere at one time. Which tells me that the worst in your life is over. Bishop, how do I, you know that? Because he already threw everything he had at one time. And it didn't work. Touch your name and say it didn't work. Watch this, watch this. Be, be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. Because I need you to see this. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. I need you to see how these demons got in this man. I need you to see this. So go back to chapter 5, verse 1. Y'all okay? Yes. Can I ball it? Tim, I only got two minutes on CD, so y'all got to take good notes because we're not doing two CDs. <laughs> verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. I've talked to you about this before. When they came out of the boat, there met him, watch this, out of the tombs, dead stuff past stuff this man was stuck in his past and he had an unclean spirit watch who had his dwelling among his past just because you are physically in November 2014 does not mean you are spiritually nor emotionally nor soulishly mind thoughts and emotions in 2014 this man had his dwelling in the tombs, and watch this. Nobody could control him. That's why some of you are so out of order, and you don't know why, and you're like, I don't know why I act like that, because you got all this kind of stuff. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Nobody could bind him, not even with chains. Watch this. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Next verse. And always, watch this, night and day. He's in the mountains. He left the tomb and then went to an isolated high place. Crying. But watch, he's cutting himself with stones. Y'all not, not catching what, what, what I'm saying. You're not catching what I'm saying. He's stuck in his past, which tells us some things. That something happened to him. Some people happened to him. Some messed up relationships happened to him. To where he's a mess and he's out of order and he doesn't even know he's out of order. And he, oh, y'all not hear me. And he spends his days crying and he spends his days going up and down and up and down and up and down because his battle is not a battle just with demons. His battle is a battle with unforgiveness. And so that is the reason why he tortures himself because he says to himself all day, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. He's cutting himself. Every day, beating himself up. I was so stupid for that. Why did I do that? So dumb. Can't believe I did that. That's why I don't trust nobody. That's why I don't do this. That's why I don't do that. I'm so sick of this. 
Look at verse 6. Actually, go back to verse 5. There's something else I want you to see. I'm done. Can I just finish this story? And always, night and day. When? Night and day. Night and day. When he should have been commanding the day. He said to himself, but I'm hurting too much. Because got all this unforgiveness. He can't forgive himself. And watch this. Where'd that 2,000 come from? He's had so much innumerable pain. Whenever you see numbers in the thousands particularly, it is to indicate that it could not accurately be assessed. Meaning, he's got so much pain, he doesn't even know where to start dealing with it. I know you're good, but maybe this is for your neighbor. So, 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 so don't shout me down here. Watch this. And always, night and day, he's in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Next verse. And when he saw Jesus, he ain't never met Jesus. You missed it. He ain't never met Jesus. But he ran and worshipped him. Now you have context, right? So now let's go to the other verses and then let us get you free. And he cried with a loud voice and said, what do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. What was the torment? Watch this. Come here. Real close. Everybody. Here it is. What was the torment? Freedom. All he knew was unforgiveness. All he knew was pain. All he knew was bitterness. All he knew was hurt. All he knew was drama. All he knew was being jacked up all the time. All he knew was family. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.